On this episode of the Autumn Winbacks, we discuss Josh McDaniel's Hunter Renfro problem. Did the Broncos win? Change your outlook on the season. The defense was simultaneously great and awful. The offensive line made it to make a giant adjustment. And who got pregnant at Soto's wedding? And we love you. Subscribe, rate, and comment on whatever platform you're listening on. All right, here we go. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into the nightmares. There it is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, RJ Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. RJ Clifford, Juan Soto. Let's have some fun today. Glad to be back in the great U.S. of A. It was, uh, it was a rough 22 days. I flew 33,000 miles to four different continents. Now I'm home. Made me miss the first game live. I got to watch like two and a half quarters in the lounge in Sydney, Australia, and then rewatch it when I got back home. But that is over. It's back. Football in the homeland where it belongs. Can a player get some frequent flyer miles? I got this. I made, I made diamond in, on Delta uh, before August was over. That's how much travel I did Jesus. so far this year. It's not fun. Don't let anyone tell you travel is glamorous. It fucking blows. I'm just now not jet lagged three days later. What, what helped me not be jet lagged was celebrating a big win in week one over the Broncos. Rain goes down, dogs chase cats, and the Raiders make the Broncos their bitch. Seven in a row, the silver and black over the Denver Broncos. Smells good. Even in not great seasons, we're never on the basement because you got the Denver Broncos at the bottom of the totem pole. So that leads to our first question of the day. Did the Broncos win, change your outlook on the season? This has been a very polarized preseason where there's... The big mix of preseason optimism. It's optimism season, right? Yeah. Um, every little thing, you're looking at the most positive outlook. And then there's the mixture of, well, we fell apart last season. How much better is the roster? Did the rest of the teams in the AFC West get better? Sean Payton's now in in the AFC West. The Chargers reloaded. The Chiefs are, you know, the Chiefs, whatever. Like, like oh, God, like, you know, how are we going to do this this season? All the experts are putting Raiders having like a top six, top five draft pick and we flew into Denver in mile high and beat them 17 16 so did the Broncos win adjust your outlook on this season at all so you've been uh, about as optimistic as any Raider fan can be this preseason did it change anything for you um you know it kind of confirmed a couple of things I I did feel that we got a lot more talented on defense. Um, not that we got like more superstars or anything like that, but across the board, we got more talent. Um, it did change a little bit. I think, cause look, I, I watched the game a couple times. I watched the game film. Sean Payton was able to do what he wanted to do. He was able to get the ball in space one-on-one his guy against our guy a lot. Mm-hmm. And 
our our secondary especially did a really good job of tackling in the open field. Um, and that's a big upgrade that I saw from last season was the secondary. And um, they made a lot of plays, man. Um, so it wasn't that Ruffle sucked or, you know, they're, they're a shitty team or whatever. It, they were able to do what they wanted to do, the short timing offense, getting your ball, get the ball in space, one-on-one, stuff like that. They were able to do that. Um, they just – we just tackled them more than no, no yards after catch. Their longest, huge. their longest pass was twenty-one yards. That's it. And and yeah. Russ was known for his long ball, right? That was always yeah. his big thing the with moon, Seattle. Is ball, oh, right? he's, he's going to scramble and then and chuck it, right? Um, anything else? Um, Tackling was good. Offensively, I think that we moved the ball every single drive except for one. Mm-hmm. We punted one time. We had a, a a miscue in the red zone, in the end zone, which took away some points. Or else we would have we would have uh, scored on every single drive that we wanted to score on, besides one. The last drive, we just were looking to run the clock out, and we did. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I think the offense looked good. You know, against a pretty a defense that uh, I didn't give a lot of credit to before the before the game. Then I, I remember they had a couple of guys hurt in the middle of the season last year, and I'm like, okay. They're back, even though Randy Gregory really didn't do much. Um, I'm cautious. Chandler Jones is basically invisible. Oh, oh wait, yeah, yeah, Chandler. yeah right. It's it. Look, it, it's there's a lot of stuff to fix, but bes- despite that, we still looked. It, I was telling Rory, it, it was like an efficient game, but an ugly game at the same time, where we were yeah. doing what we wanted to do, but it's still we still showed a lot of things that we need to fix. As Andrew Dice Clay said so famously, she didn't look like much, but she got me there. That was us. We got there. We got the dub. So did the Broncos win? Change your outlook on the season. Did you say, yeah, oh, we got the win, but we scraped by. We're, we're going to get screwed. Oh, my God. We were so much better than we thought. Or like, oh, this is kind of the team I thought. Let us know. Comment section. Question of the day. We'll pin it down there. Uh, so Soto, because I was, uh, flying over the Pacific, I didn't get a chance to do the post show live. If you missed it, check it out. It's on our, it's on, um, Soto did it solo, solo Soto. It was on the pod. It's on, um, YouTube. It's everywhere. So what I looked at is like, look, we're, it's Thursday now, five days removed from the game. Looking back, I think can be a waste of time, but when you look at main storylines and how that affects us moving forward, I think is what's most interesting midway through a week of a game, of, of the season. Mm-hmm. So there's four things, four big storylines for me that I think should be addressed that not that less importantly, what it meant last week in Denver, but more importantly, what it means for the team moving forward. First one, Jimmy G, I think was about the best version of Jimmy G that we get that we want to see. Right. His what he's good at, he excelled at. His flaws were very minimal. Generally, if you ask any Niners fan, at least the ones I've talked to, they're like, yeah, Jimmy G's pretty consistent, but he's good for two or three brain farts a game that can screw you. He really only had one. He had the the interception in the end zone, right? Other than that, what was his second biggest error? Cup, a missed pass here or there? Like a misread. He was a little late on a couple of throws. Um, 
Other than that, no, there really wasn't that, much. You can't, you can't, I, you couldn't look at Jimmy G and be like, oh god, he blew that one. Or like, oh, what was he thinking? Like, there was no just like slapping yourself in the head at our quarterback, other, you know, other than the one interception. Honestly, the second worst thing was when he uh, uh, ran for a first down in the first quarter, and I was like, like, all of Raider Nation's buttholes puckered. You're like, oh god, he's gonna get hurt, and then he was fine, and we got, and we got a penalty. Sorry, everyone in Raider Nation, but you, Soto, because you say he's not injury prone. But the rest of us were like, oh, God. Oh, God. Like he, he's got the sticker on him that he's injury prone. Yeah, uh, some uh, a linebacker with, with a guy's wrapped around your waist and a linebacker elbows and knees you in the back of the head. That makes you injury prone. Well, same thing happens to every quarterback. And he's the one that gets. Oh, yeah. Does, does it happen to every quarterback? Show me. Oh, yeah. Okay. Show me what happened last week to other quarterbacks. Okay. Uh, he was super efficient. 20 to 26. A couple drops in there as well. Um, and uh, very- wait, 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 we're not gonna give them that. I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna start that. Fuck the drops, shit happens. Yep, guys make uh, plays on bad throws, and guys drop easy passes. It, uh, it evens out. Okay, well, I will say that there were some drops. Um, <laughs> and his and his long was the same as Russ was only 21 yards. So, again, that's what Jimmy G does distribute the ball to your playmakers efficiently, buy time in the pocket, which he did fantastic. Um, if you have to, he could run a little bit. This is this was the Jimmy G that we were hoping for. This, this was the is. version of Jimmy G running Josh McDaniel's efficiency offense. Um, you know, other again, other than the one big brain fart, which pretty bad, right? Interception in the end zone is no good. Yeah. Other than that, played great. And exactly how we need him and wanted him to play great. Yeah, look, the, it, it it wasn't the the, the decision the, the decision to throw it so much wasn't bad. It was who the target was. He wasn't throwing it to a receiver. He was throwing it to a small Abdullah who had a guy draped on his back. If he would have thrown it to a receiver, that would have been a receiver or a tight end. Okay, uh, that's that's a different story. But he fires it high to a running back. Maybe not the best decision to try to fit that one in there. He was playing with the gusto of a guy that got laid last night. You know what I mean? He's like at yeah, least I can, twice. I can make that. I can make that throw. I feel like he's. I feel like it's. Uh, it's I've gonna be in like, tighter spots than that. I feel like it's gonna be. Um, you know, like when you, uh, like you, you know, you move to a new area, move to a new city, or you know, you transfer to a new school, and you're like, all right, there's new chicks everywhere. They don't know what a dog I am. They don't know my history. They don't know any of that. And you like, have an extra pep in your step. You know, I feel like that's Jimmy G in Las Vegas. He's like, all right, I cleaned house. In Massachusetts, cleaned house in the Bay Area. Now I'm in Vegas. Now these chicks everywhere. He'll got pep in his step. You know what I mean? Like the sun's shining. There's birds chirping. That's him with the ladies, and he's playing that way. Yeah, every year he gets a year older, and they stay the same age. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Uh, the second second storyline I want to follow throughout the season. Defense was phenomenal where it matters the most, and not great anywhere else which is a weird thing. Normally with a defense, it's like all the little things add up and turn into a good result. In this case, the result was fantastic. 16 points allowed. You know how many times the Raiders allowed 16 or less points last season? Do you know off the top of your head, Soto? Probably zero. Twice. Once. And Twice. one of them was Denver. <laughs> right? We keep, we keep shitting right. on Denver's head because they suck. Only twice. All last season. 16 or less. And one of them was 16. Right? So this is great. Like, again... Our defense has been atrocious for 20 years. It's not going to turn around and be a five a top five defense overnight, right? Incremental improvements is what we're looking for. And holding a team to 16 is 
but not if we do that every game we're going we're going 13 and 4 14 Dude. and 3 right we can if we can hold the and also and also is, think of this, this? La- last season we played seven of the eight worst offenses and still could only hold offenses to teams to 16 or less twice and we did it out of the gate this season yeah um it's 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 encouraging that we tightened up where we needed to and not just um you know in the red zone not just in on points but on big plays um there's a reason why russ only threw a, a, a deep pass once he went through that one moon ball one time mm-hmm. and that's because he had guys covered there there was there was the, not an opportunity to throw it yeah. so he took the, the he took the over the middle stuff the underneath stuff and we ran up and tackled so um it's it's a lot more than just we didn't give up the points it's how we didn't give up the points yeah they were able to move the ball down the field but if you dink and dunk down the field you're you're forcing the opposing offense to be pretty damn near perfect in execution a lot more often to to just chunk it down the field right um clutch plays at crucial moments i think was the big part right like you know there's a completion on third and seven you tackle them after five you know there was a lot of that flying a lot of athletic guys flying to the ball being in position yeah it was good how about max crosby i think it was in the second quarter where there was one drive that he single-handedly pushed them out of field goal range like they were in field goal range he got held right he gets held he still made the tackle gets held makes the tackle then gets a sack, and then fl- I think he flushed Russ out of the pocket and he had to throw it away. Like, he single-handedly not only stopped a drive, but pushed them out of field goal range. God, he's, he's such a beast. Uh, Nate Hobbs, 12 tackles. And when a cornerback has that many tackles, you're like, oh, that's not good. That means guys are, you know, they're getting passes completed and, and he's tackling them. No, Tackles for loss, stops at the line, stops before the sticks, like good, like not just, you know, volume tackles because he's the like, you know, we always talk about like when your safety has the most tackles on the team, that's generally a bad it's sign. It's not always right? a great thing. Yeah. It's not always a great thing because you're getting, you know, to the, you get into the third level. The Nate level Hobbs, because level. he, he plays slot and plays so well again, um, in the line of scrimmage. These are quality, uh, like play altering tackles. Yeah. This is one of the, th- there was two big adjustments that I saw at halftime. The first one offensively. Possible the effect. All right. The dr- let, so the drama, let the drama germinate. Up on my screen like it was, my, my uh, computer was going to turn off. No, the first one offensively was we use a lot more motion to get favorable matchups uh, to our receivers. Um, and it was almost like, all right, now you move this way. Okay, now it's like we're playing Jenga. We're just moving stuff around, and okay, now here's the matchup I like. Mm. Uh, we didn't do that in the first half as much as we did in the second half. And defensively, we pretty much lined up Nate Hobbs as a linebacker. Mm. He, we, we put him close to the line of scrimmage in the second half, and we, it, it burned us one time when Spillane couldn't get out um, on the edge on a pass play. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, it was a big third down conversion for them, but. Um, that's really the only time it really bit us. Everything else was positive from 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 Hobbs. And Divine Diablo also, I think, was the third best guy on the defense. Just again, kind of doing everything. He had a tackle for loss, pass defended, second most tackles. And he has the coolest name Horse on the fumble. team. Horse fumble. And he has the coolest name on a team with a team full of cool names. So I'm yeah. really happy that Divine Diablo is doing well. 
because I'm actually very pleased with Jacorian Bennett too. I know he got a yeah. called for a couple of penalties, but dude, yeah, he got, he's he a got rookie, burned a man. That shit's gonna happen with a rookie. Like we, we we have to be we have to just expect that he's gonna get some penalties called on him, mm. especially the first half of this season. But he's he's a good fucking tackler, man. He made a lot of. I think he had like eight or nine solo tackles, mm-hmm. like something like that. He was. A, I think he was the second leading tackler in the team. Well, he kind of uh, kind of leads into the other element of this. So, the only stat that matters is points given up, and it's sixteen. But the things that get you there, I raised my eyebrow. I was like, "How did we get there? No picks, no fumble recoveries, only two sacks." Some awful penalties at terrible, terrible times, like really, really bad. We're talking about how clutch some of these tackles were. Some of these penalties were just begging the Broncos to stay in this game. Yeah. And half the defense was completely invisible. Like as good as Max, Diablo, and Hobbs played, half like, dude, Bilal Nichols and Byron Young, they combined for 55 snaps. You know how many tackles they got combined? Probably two. One. Oof. I don't know. Two it. starting defensive tackles. Not yeah. doing anything anything at all just brutal and then tyree wilson i mean again we've been saying forever he's it's going to be slow developing we didn't we didn't draft him to fix the defense week one we fixed him to be a cornerstone for the next 10 years maybe a little something had one partial tackle with some pretty significant snaps there were just a lot of guys Trevon merrick had some pretty bad brain farts he couldn't cover the tight end he he, he did he did he played okay he had some he had some some iffy plays, but I think Merrick pl- played all right. Yeah. So the, so moving forward, I think it's important because now that you know offensive coordinators are looking at that, oh, defensive tackles aren't going to do shit. They can't cover tight ends. There's going to start being adjustments made. So hopefully Patrick Graham is seeing what we're seeing and certainly what the Bills offensive coordinator and everyone else is looking at. Of like, oh, we can run up the middle because they're two the two D tackles are just the invisible man. They're uh or Kevin Bacon. What was that movie in Kev- Kevin Bacon? It was um, he was the Invisible Man. That was the very first movie my then girlfriend, now wife, rented from Blockbuster. Was that that shitty movie? Because I was like, oh, I want to rent like a semi scary but not too scary movie. That's kind of intriguing but not too intriguing because I'm trying to get a makeout session going. Yeah, Hollow Man. <laughs> Hollow Man. Mission accomplished. I married her. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> it's six degrees of Kevin Bacon. You're in that now, right? <laughs> well, uh, so 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 yeah. Like uh, again, the biggest thing that matters: sixteen points allowed, bitches. Um, is it sustainable? There's some obvious things that need to improve we'll for, it to, yeah. for it to stay. There's some things that need to improve for it to stay sustainable. Well, the thing is that I, I talked about last week was how a lot of these defenses are being constructed in the NFL, these top-end teams, they're saying, okay, we're going to have our one, two, three really high top-end players that Mm. everyone else is just good. They're serviceable. They do their job. And that's what we saw here. We saw our three best defenders play the best. Diablo, Hobbs, and and, uh, Crosby play the best. And everyone else just did their job. It wasn't flashy. Mm. It wasn't, you know, but they got stops when they needed them. Uh, especially late in the game. So I think that's what we're going to have to get. You know, not everyone can have like a, a, a Niners defense where like pretty much you have like two guys on every level that are amazing, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's hard to do that. But if we can get 
one guy, now we have one guy on each level, right? That it played a pretty high level. If we can have that and can have no one else be like a complete stinker, maybe not stat wise, but like be super out of position, just get totally, you know, railroaded out of their spot. I think we could be all right. Yeah. I, that, that's where the NFL is going now because of, you know, how much the top end players are making because you need top end players to win. And how much those guys are making, yeah, it's it, you can only have a couple of them. The, the big thing is to me is if the turnovers start going our way, if we're gonna, if we can start like having not passes bounce off our DB's hands, fumble recoveries that are taken back because of stupid penalties, like that's I think when the defense really that, was, that shouldn't even been a penalty, man. Yeah, James Lofton, James Lofton uh, jumped on that right away. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, he's out of the pocket. He's allowed to do that. Yeah. And we saw the replay, and I was like, shit, he's right. Yeah. Uh, the other storyline, and it's something we talked about preseason. Um, Hunter Renfro, there's a great short that we have. You know, we're pumping up our own stuff. But there's a great short on our on our channel about Hunter Renfro talking about when he was under John Gruden, he was trying to do exactly what Gruden wanted, and he wasn't doing well. Once he started doing things his own way, he became a Pro Bowler, 100 catch guy, you know, and had a great, you know, had a great couple seasons, one really, really good season. And so we know that Josh McDaniels as an offensive coordinator in new England is phenomenal at adjusting his offense to his personnel. Like when the quarter, when they're running through quarterbacks, they're still finding ways to move the ball as a head coach. We haven't seen it quite yet. Hopefully this is the season that it happens. So one of the tiny, we talked about this preseason, one of the tiny little dichotomies, a little like baby science experiment that we can do is how does Josh McDaniels and Hunter Renfro's relationship work? Because Renfro made it pretty clear that if he's put into a box, he's not that effective. If he's able to have some freedom, he can be great. Can they find a middle ground? Someone gives somewhere. Where can that be? And we're not going to talk about it every single game, but when, you know, it's drastic one way or the other, it's worth bringing up. And this was an obvious one. Hunter Renfro, only 13 snaps, zero targets. Um, not what we were looking for as far as this experiment is going at least not what we expected yeah uh so i think we have to look at it from this perspective or we this is a perspective that you can look at or a perspective that you maybe want to just think about for a second it's possible that jacoby myers is just a better player than hunter renfro Mm -hmm. it's possible and by by better i mean in this he runs this offense better yeah. than Hunter Renfro runs in this offense. It's a possibility. I'm not saying yes. I'm not saying no. I'm saying it's a possibility. With that being said, he scored two touchdowns and dropped the third this last game. Are you going to give him less targets? Are you going to take targets away from Devonta Adams? We're not throwing the ball 35, 40 times a game like we did in previous seasons. That's not what we're doing anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh it's it's a it's a different style of offense now. It's more run run centric, and when you give up a lot of you know when you're playing defense the way we play defense, kind of like sticks defense. Okay, you're gonna get over the middle stuff. That's fine. We're not gonna let you go deep. It tends to prolong drives a little bit, so it may cut down on some of our uh, our uh, opportunities to have offense, our mm-hmm. drives. Um, that's a big thing. We talked about it. How can and it's not just how can Josh McDaniels incorporate Hunter Renfro, but how can how can Hunter Renfro incorporate himself in the offense as well? It, it goes both ways. 
Uh, it's two-way uh, street. It's two-way yeah, street. Sure. And one thing that we really need to take a look at is the previous seasons, Hunter Renfro, before he had that huge breakout season, he was just like, you know, 35, 40, you know, maybe 60 catch guy. Um when he got hot, his quarterback, who was very comfortable with him, basically was the offensive coordinator and could do whatever he wanted. And he had full control of the offense. He knew exactly what plays to call to highlight the one guy he had a lot of comfort throwing the ball to, right, which was Hunter Renfro. Ruggs was gone. Everyone was hurt. Everyone yeah. Was hurt everyone was, yeah. Uh, Waller was hurt to end the season. Uh, Ruggs was gone. Uh, who else did we have that year? Aguilar, right? Aguilar. Aguilar was doing anything on the other side, but he was really comfortable with Hunter Renfro. He was able to change plays at the line because he had a full control of the offense to to target this specific guy. Now, if that's what you need to to be that type of player, I'm sorry, we have better. We have a better. We have Devontae Adams for that. You have to play a different role now. So I understand that. We need to 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 offensively, uh, as Josh McDaniels as a coach, needs to find ways to get him the ball, but he also has to find a a, a niche in this offense. And that Hunter catch Hunter Renfro guy that we already have a guy like that. He can't be that guy for us anymore. Well, yeah, he's not going to get 130 targets this season, but he got zero. And that's the thing. Like he is a Pro Bowl wide receiver who knows how to get open with, a, with very, very good skills. And and you're right. Like, look, we're and there was a lot of 21 formations as well, right? So it's not like a lot, of six, all a lot the time. of six offensive linemen. On the fl- but counterpoint, DeAndre Carter had 11 snaps as a slot receiver. We can argue if Jacoby's better than Hunter potentially. Carter ain't better than Hunter, and he was he got Hunter got two more snaps than DeAndre fucking Carter. So it, look, if we would have scored 40 points on Saturday. I would have said, <laughs> kick rocks, Hunter. We got a system that works, yeah. and it obviously doesn't need you, right? We did only score 17, right? It was the win, and it was efficient. I'd like more, right? We need, you know, it'd be nice to get into the 20s. High 20s, why not, right? Let's shoot for it, right? If the offense was just humming fantastic, this would be a, a much smaller issue. But two things. We only scored 17, and Jacoby Myers is in concussion protocol right now. He may not play on Sunday, Right? Josh McDaniels and Hunter Renfro need to get on the same page, whether that's Josh McDaniels page or Hunter Renfro's page. It's probably gonna be somewhere in the middle. It needs to happen. It, it needs, it needs to happen, especially if Jacoby's going to miss time. I mean, if you look at it from look at it like, like this, we had six drives in the game. Mm-hmm. We scored on three. We had an interception in the red zone. So it should have been a fourth score, right? Uh, we punted once and then we ran the clock out. Mm-hmm. So th- those are th- those are the six drives we had in the, in the game. Uh, I- I'm interested out of those snaps. I'm interested to see how many of those DeAndre Carter snaps were run plays as opposed to pass plays, because mm-hmm. that we want to. I want to see how many routes they ran, right? Yeah, because uh, that can that can that can tell you more information as well. Um, the offense is already input. The offense is already set. The offense is already implemented. Okay, we're going to adjust things here and there. But if you're going to adjust things here and there, you're not going to adjust things here and there for a second receiver. You're going to adjust things to get your 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 superstar more targets and more balls. This is going to this is going to be up to primarily up to Hunter Renfro to fit into the system that we have. 
right now because he's not going to, he's never going to have that same opportunity that he had a couple of years ago where he's going to get the bulk of the targets and he's going to have a quarterback that's going to change plays specifically to get him the ball. The greatest head coaches know how to get the most out of their players. And it's just not getting out of Hunter. And Hunter's part of it as well. Definitely part of the equation, uh, unquestionably. But that's I'm not, I'm not the spending basis all that of mental a great effort to try to get Hunter run for the ball. I'm going to spend that time and effort to get my big playmaker the ball. Well, then you're wasting a great asset if you're not putting some effort into a Pro Bowl slot wide receiver. I didn't say that we don't put any effort nothing. into him. I'm not saying that at all. But there's it's again, it's a two way street. And you're, what I'm hearing from you primarily is the best coaches have to do this. Also, best players find a way to make things happen. It's hard when you're not getting any targets as a wide receiver. It's not like he's a linebacker that can just is, make is he, plays. Is, how open was he? For. I mean, look, you're missing. There's a lot of things you're not missing. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not highlighting how often was he open. DeAndre Carter got two less snaps at the position. Again, that how many of those plays were pass That's plays? That's a big deal. How many of the plays were run plays? And 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 let's say the whole point of Josh McDaniels not, um, you know, not incorporating Hunter Renfro because they want to trade him, right? Comes with a heavy price tag. Jacoby Myers is cheaper. Let's say that's part of his plan, right? He wants to move on from from Hunter Renfro, get something for him. Then you're going to want him to get some passes. You're going to want him to look good before the trade deadline. Like there's, and again, it's not drastically altering it to cater to Hunter Renfro, but he's a Pro Bowl slot wide receiver who Again, knows how to get open. That's the only time he's shown he was a Pro Bowler when the offense was basically catered around getting him the ball. Because he always got open. If if you let him loose, he always gets open. Okay, so we're just, okay, sorry. Uh, you're talking about, like, not using your assets. You're paying $30 million to a, the number one wide receiver in the league. Let's not get you the ball. Let's change what we're doing to make sure we get Hunter Renfro the ball. No, keep doing everything you're doing. Just let Hunter Renfro have some freedom because it's proven to work. Keep having the same scheme. You throw the ball to, Dev to Devontae far more. Passes. Our quarterback completed 80% of his passes. It wasn't like he was throwing the ball all over the place and throwing the guys that are, that are covered just to not throw it to Hunter Renfro. He was throwing to guys that were open. We scored 17 points. which We had six drives, RJ. Okay. Maybe you can... Throw some deeper passes, have some shorter drives, right? Like, that's also part of it. It's 17. Like, what do we talk about? What's what's the only that matters to the defense? We only let him score 16. What's the only that matters at the offense? We scored 17. We scored which one we needed, Which is all we needed. If we scored 40, this would be a mute point. We'd be like, do exactly what we're doing, right? And the, the second part of this will, will come to the next storyline. Is, is like, look, offense won. We scored a, We only need to score one more point than the, than the opposing offense. But moving forward... Be nice to get into twenties. Hey, hell, thirties, right? Let's 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 see if we can do that. Which leads to the fourth storyline. The offensive line was Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. They were phenomenal in passing, uh, passing protection. I know you guys. You know I don't really care about PFF. Some of you guys do. They were second in PFF's grade for efficiency rate. Um. They surrendered only three pressures on 29 dropbacks. No sacks. They gave him 2.9 seconds to throw. That's a lot. And even when Jimmy G-String was like, you know, 
feeling some pressure. It was always like, all right, here's one guy I can wriggle away from. You know, it was never just I like, oh, slide. I can still yeah, make like, let me, you know, let me hit, hit a couple steps. Like, you know, we're giving you, we're giving you some, you know, we might've got kind of B, but we're giving you some lanes. Pass protection was insane. Absolutely. Incredible. Very good. It was so very good. good. And with, um, you know, a quarterback that's definitely not injury prone. Um, it's nice. <laughs> nice to have that dylan para man can we talk about him a little bit he played phenomenal mm-hmm. he played really well in pass protection um it's it's a uh, refreshing when you don't have uh you don't have to stick your finger in the dike right uh mm-hmm. with uh mm-hmm. i know you like that one with uh more of a fist in the dike kind of yeah, guy i bet you are uh, with the uh with with bars when you have a, a guy opposite who can pass block as well in Van Roten, I mean, uh, he did a good job too, uh, pass blocking wise. So, yeah, man, they played really well. I, 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 I like, I like uh, how how Dylan Parham played. He played really well. And most importantly, they played great as a unit. I think that's that's what this offensive line was designed to be—not a group of individuals, but it's like, all right, we're gonna throw some pieces together that you know, maybe some castoffs, some young guys, but we'll make them work together as a unit, and that's what that's what we saw. Which is so crazy because on the other end of things, in the run blocking, they were awful, Not absolutely good. awful. Josh Jacobs had two point five yards per carry, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh man, that's bad. Have have everyone else do? The team averaged two point one yards per carry. So it's he not even like, oh, you know, Josh Jacobs, you know, he he didn't, you know, he skipped training camp. He barely practiced. He's just getting his legs under him. Nope. He still did better than everybody else that carried the football. And to give you an example of that, uh, week one, most avoided tackles as a running back. A handful of guys had five. Two players had six. John Robinson had seven. Oh, look. Who's at the top of that list? Josh Jacobs. Eight avoided tackles. The most of any player, not just running back, any player in week one, and he still only got 48 yards on 19 carries. Get out of here. And your cat hates that as well. Dude, that's from Jameer Gibbs, dude. He had five of them, and he only had nine touches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, good young running backs in the league, man. But look, there's, there's Josh Jacobs said so himself, and, and Josh Jacobs is a good teammate. Right, he's not going to throw anyone under the bus. He's gonna he's gonna say he's not he's not just gonna say oh it's all about me. He's gonna say specific things that he needs to do better. Mm-hmm. And he said that he did feel like his timing was a little bit off, uh, and that you know he needs to do a better job. There was a couple of things where he saw a little he saw lanes a little bit too late, and he wasn't able to uh, you know t- take advantage like he wanted to or he normally would. This is him being a good teammate. How much of that is him being a good teammate, and how much of that is the actual facts? You know, time will tell. Uh, but that's one thing that we did talk about. It, I'm not. I wasn't afraid of him not being in shape. I was af- afraid of his timing uh, being a little bit off. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a reason why players practice because <laughs> and have training camps and preseasons because it makes you better. And he didn't do it, but. That to me sounds a lot like Max Crosby on a day where the Raiders give up 30. He's like, I just got to work harder. I just got to do It's like, no, Max, you're not the problem. Week one, it was the O-line. I mean, look, yeah, yeah, maybe I'm sure, I'm sure every quality player, especially an all pro like Josh Jacobs, especially a hardworking teammate oriented fucking salt of the earth motherfucker like Josh Jacobs is going to go back in that tape 
and dissect what he could have done better. However, it's hard to do that when you're getting hit three yards into the backfield semi-consistently. There was one play where like of those eight avoided tackles, it was like three of them on one play and he got like two yards. Like he had to break three tackles just to get to the line of scrimmage. This poor run. And we go back to, you know, last time, look, hey, 17 points. Like, you know, we only, you know, we scored on, you know, almost every drive. It's like, we need to get the run game going too. Like the run game cannot be 2.1 yards per carry as a team with with a with a $12 million running back. Unacceptable. Like that does need to be fixed. And it's so crazy because you want to come down on the O-line, but their pass protection was so amazing. So it's like, are we going to, and that's the big storyline for me is, was this just a week one thing and the run game will get on course like we hope to, or is this going to have to be a team that throws the ball 40, 42 times a game because we can't run. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a drastic difference, right? That's when it's like, okay, we are going to need Hunter Renfro to get eight targets a game. We are going to need all these wide receivers to stay healthy because we can't run. And that's, yeah. that's what we saw in week one. Well, one thing in the post game show that I brought up is Josh McDaniels needs to do a better job of, di- of disguising his place. It was pretty obvious when he was going to run the ball. And pretty obvious when he was going to pass the ball. I think that's that's something to do with it. You mean two tight ends and a fullback was a dead giveaway? <laughs> with a fucking six <laughs> offensive linemen. Look, also, um, this offensive line, it, it showed that they are who they are pass blocking wise. Because last last year, they were a pretty good pass blocking team as well. They they led mm-hmm. the league in in time to throw for for the quarterback. So this is who they are. Right, this is not who they are, run blocking wise. They're a little, they're better than this. I just think that the coaching staff needs to help them out a little bit. Maybe the game plan was a little bit too simple. Uh, maybe change it a little, some formations sometimes, some personnel groupings to kind of give it a little bit more of a disguise. But um, definitely, yeah. I mean, I'm always going to look at the players first because they're the guys on the field they need to execute. Uh, but th- there is some things that the coaching staff can do to help them out. So those are the four storylines I saw moving forward out of week one. Jimmy G being his best self, swagging around like his dick got wet. Honestly, like I think that's that's him. I mean, his his best self, he he doesn't get too much better than this. But he's he's this is that's who my he point. Is. That's my point. Is this like is this is. is this is the yeah. Jimmy G. Just get it out to your get it out to your playmakers, protect the ball. Um, but his brain farts were down. Because I remember like all my Niner friends are like like, look, he'll give you, you know, he'll do a lot of good things, but he'll make you fucking kick, you know, punch a hole in your, uh, in your drywall two or three times a game. He only had one of those, which was big. Yeah. I mean, uh, look, a better game than this would be Jacoby Myers caught that third touchdown pass. Yeah. That's what makes it better. It's not like, it's not going to be drastically better. It's just a drop or a catch. That's what's going to be the difference, right? Uh, but, by and large, this is what we're going to see. This is what we're going to get from this guy. He's well, not going to throw part- for a million yards. He's not. He's that's not who he is. Well, and that and that and that parlays into the second storyline, where that yeah. last possession was a time killer, as opposed to we need seven, right? Because we held him to sixteen, right? So that, again, that that's all kind of playing off each other because we're not always going to be able to hold them to sixteen. Like that last drive, it might. All right, two minute drill, Jimmy G. Like we're going to, we need yeah, seven. This time, there's two it, minutes it, it, left, right? Like yeah, that's what look, thirty million, thirty million dollars buys you. Yeah, man. Two amazing drives to end the game. Mm-hmm. A touchdown drive and then a five-and-a-half-minute drive to seal the game. Mm-hmm. We haven't had one of those since, like, 2000. Mm-hmm. We had a lead. Yeah. 
and we kill the clock. You know, it's we are twofold, right? We 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 never we never have leads that late in games. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't say never, but <laughs> not, when not we, never. When we did, say? when we did, we we continually gave the ball back to the offense. Mm-hmm. We didn't have that skill or that ability to eat the clock. It's like uh, a, it's like in wrestling. If you if you're a if you're a, a wrestler who's like a, better when he's super aggressive, he's not going to be a guy that's can stall really well when he's up in points because that's just not what he does well. He's a good you know once you get up on points you you got you got to be able to stall a little bit because if you if you still stay aggressive you leave openings for yourself. Look at you putting in terms I can understand. <laughs> it makes sense, yeah. right? Yeah. Let me let me try to do it with you. When you're making out with a cat asshole okay <laughs> uh second storyline defense was awesome where it mattered most terrible everywhere else how can it be sustainable the hunter renfro watch we'll see what that means and is the offense going to have to adjust to the o-line or the o-line adjust to the offense these are all things these are all storylines that i saw coming out of week one um the biggest storyline though motherfucking raiders number one in the afc west chiefs fell Thursday night, Chargers fell to the Dolphins, and the Broncos lost to us. Um, let's just have a fun little circle jerk on what's wrong with the rest of the AFC West. The Chiefs, is it as simple as they just miss the tight end that will go unnamed? Is it, is it that simple? Yeah, it is. Okay. It is. Because this, I don't know if we can appreciate how good a football player he is. Not just a tight end, not just a pass catcher, but how smart and how good. He's a former quarterback. He understands how offenses work. He understands how defenses play against his his offense and what they want to do against the offense that they're playing. He is that security blanket when everything else is kind of unraveling around him that where Mahomes can throw to. He doesn't have that. Without that, his the rest of his his, his weapons just are, are whatever. They're not all that good, and it's just it's it's not just the fact that he garners so much attention, and he allows the other players to be you know more open. It's the fact that with that attention, he can still get open, especially late in in in, a, in late in plays. And and everything you said is true. And I would say even like the biggest trump card on all that is not just being good, but he just like jives with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes so well on what Again, they want him to be like. He's when, a quarterback mind. When Mahomes, yeah. quarterbacks. When Mahomes moving around, Kelsey's like, I know exactly where to go. And you can even you can see it like in Patrick Mahomes' eyes on week one. He's just like, Where are you? I I I need you. I can't find you. He's like a, he's like a little kid who lost their mom in the mall. It's like, where's my tight end? Where are you? And you just there like was, saw the, it in his eyes. There was a meme that I saw. I sent it to you. I think it 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 had a uh, when uh, when uh, Daniel Jones's uh, uh, wide receiver one and two were the same wide receivers that Mahomes had, but they were his three and four wide receivers. It was like Daniel Jones can't get it done, but when it's Mahomes, it's all he needs more help. Yeah, it's it's. The, the excuses the, for Mahomes will never end. The tight end never that ever. will remain nameless is that important. That's why they didn't pay the big money to Tyreek Hill because it's it's the it's tight end that makes that whole thing run. Uh, if without that, 
the, the other receivers and well, and Kadarius Tony just dropping everything in sight. Mm-hmm. With all that, it he, again, you can be the greatest quarterback in the world. The guys still have to catch the ball. Uh, the chart. Speaking of um, Tyreek Hill, him and the Dolphins yeah, put up a game thirty six on the Chargers. Brandon Staley. Coach of the Chargers, defensive genius. He's all about the stats. He's all about the numbers. He's the wonder kid. Tua put up 36 on them this weekend. Their last that weekend. offense is scary in Miami, man. That offense is really, really good. They are um, super fast. They are fast everywhere. I, I, keep, I keep saying it, man. I've been saying it for two and a half seasons. Thank God Brandon Staley is a media darling. It's starting to, it's starting to fade. But thank it God is. he's They're starting to get sick of it, yeah. It's starting to fade. Thank God he was because it's buying him more time in L.A. Because the Chargers have arguably a top five talented roster. Every position and every important position, right? Quarterback, pass catcher, defensive running back, like every important position. They've got two defensive bowlers and they have depth and everything. Thank God Brandon Staley wasted that championship window of having their quarterback on the rookie contract. I still say that's what's wrong with the Chargers is Brandon Staley just can't take a top five talent roster and do anything with it. It's it's a shame, man. It's really a shame, but not really. It's a shame I'm not going to cry any tears for It's it. a shame that I don't really give a shit. Uh, Broncos. I have trouble putting my hand on this, uh, my finger on this one because Russ was better, but not Russ Russ. The Sean Payton, maybe it's just going to take him more time to turn around a franchise like this because the pockets are deep. Sean Payton's top three coaches in the NFL right now, I think. I think he's absolutely phenomenal. I was so scared when he came into the AFC West. I can't put my finger on what's wrong with the Broncos. Um, I think I don't know that their skill position players are as good as people give them credit for. And I've been saying that for a long time. Yeah. Uh, they got rid of one of their best receivers in Noah Fant, and mm-hmm. he goes to he goes to Seattle where they have two top fucking receivers already. He's not gonna get the ball a lot. They need more of a blocking back for the running game. So it's it's about situations too. It's not just about the player and about the coach. It's about the situation that you're in. And um, I mean, say what you say about um, Sean Payton. He had. Some pretty damn good targets up there in New Orleans. His whole time there, he had really good offensive weapons up there. And also all over the place, too. Receiver, tight end, out of the backfield. You know, and then you go over and you go to Russ. Russ had some pretty damn good targets and pretty damn good weapons in Seattle, too, that allowed Mm -hmm. him to play the way he wanted to play a little bit more free, a little bit more loose. I don't know that he's able to do that and have the confidence in his weapons, uh, especially with Jerry Judy out. it was just he didn't have he didn't have the guy to throw to. In Raider news, uh, Sam Webb, I would say, was probably top three. No, no one not making the the fifty three sh- knocked me off my chair, but Sam Webb was one where I was like, okay, I thought for sure he'd make the roster. Um, and so did the Carolina Panthers, obviously, because we sounded the practice squad. Panthers picked him up. He played all 17 games for us last season, started three, didn't make the roster, now is a Panther. I would have really liked to keep him for depth because I think our DB room is still – we have a ton of them, but it's still figuring it 
self out depth wise. We know who the four, four starters are, right? No doubt about mm-hmm. it. After that, I'm kind of like, mm, I think there's still competition going on. It's a bummer. I would like to keep him. I mean, it's it's nice, but again, you're going to have your main guys and then the guys that do their job underneath them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also lost, um, fuck, what's his name? Ben, the undrafted free Frank, agent. Jeff, Todd, the, Alan, the What's the, what's the guy? The, the, un, the undrafted Soto, free Randall, agent. Clifford. God damn you. Ramirez. What's his name? The the guy, the, the guard Bill, from the small school Frank, that we got. Todd. This is it's it's it's, it's not being funny a long time ago. Kevin, Butch, you done? I'm just trying to help you out, dude. You asked me a question. The guard that we got as an undrafted free agent that was on our practice squad. I don't remember. Seattle picked him up. God damn it, my fucking brain. Nottingham. You know who I'm talking about, man. The, everyone who's watching this is like, so you're Jordan. so stupid. It's this guy. Jules. Uh, start with the J. Uh, fuck. Jack. Jerk face. I don't know, man. Wake I don't know. Here. You're going to wake up in the middle of the night tonight screaming his McClendon name. McClendon Curtis. Hey, I, I, did I say Curtis? No, Curtis. you didn't say any of that. I didn't say Curtis. Yeah, McClendon Curtis uh, got picked up by the Seahawks. They lost, he lo- they lost one of their offensive guards uh, for the season. And they picked him up off the practice squad, so he's got to go on their 53. Uh, and we'll go from there. But, uh, I mean, again, he was an undrafted free agent. He didn't make the squad. He didn't beat out Meredith. I mean, it's is it a loss because maybe a potential for the future? Sure. But for right now? The, the, the web one feels like a much bigger potential potential miss. Than I honestly think our secondary played pretty well. No, no. I, we know we who our to keep everyone for depth. I get that. But. We know who our starters are, but he would have been a great, great depth guy with a lot of starting experience. Uh, next, we have a slight little bit of an update from Chandler Jones. Oh, boy. Kind of an update. Not really, but sort of kind of. John Gruden. This is a screenshot of a text message. John Gruden, I hope all is well, pal. Hope to see you soon. This is Chandler Jones posting and deleting. Him and his brother, Chandler and John Jones, love to post and delete. Out of for whatever reason, Chandler Jones also posted. I almost called John Gruden this morning. LOL. Wonder if I still have his cell. This was on the tenth. What is going on? Yeah, does does he know that John Gruden is J O N, not J O H N? Well, one, you know, I don't feel like they make you go to school at Syracuse if you're good at football. That's how that's how his brother spells it, and he said he still got it wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> My middle name is John with a strong H. So at least he's doing it correctly. He just didn't adjust to the situation, right? You want that strong H in the middle? Yep. Um, but this is only getting more confusing, and Chandler Jones is only making less sense. So let me get this straight. When all this shit went down, he wrote a letter, and he said, basically, I feel bad and understand for Kanye West, John Jones, Antonio Brown, Alden Smith. So let me talk to John Gruden about it. And it's not like John Gruden. Does he think John Gruden's on the outs with the Raiders? Like, like John Gruden doesn't have anything bad to say about the Raiders. It's bad to say about Roger Goodell in the NFL. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, when you name a m- multiple felons as guys that you think are misunderstood, uh, that's pretty rough. <laughs> you know, and then, like... You know who never got a fair shake 
Alden Smith. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, man! I hope he's doing a lot better, man. I, I really do because it because he had a lot of. I mean, I, I heard him on the Daily podcast. He was serving a drug suspension, and then he faced, beat the shit out of his chick, didn't he? Well, no, no, no. That was that was another one. That was right? a different time. Oh my bad. But this is like he's serving a drug suspension, and he does like an Instagram live of himself smoking weed. It's not like there's journalists digging through his trash cans finding used blunts. He's literally like, "Hey world, let me sh- incriminate myself doing the thing I'm not playing football for." And he he's still got second chance, seventh and eighth chance. He has a bunch of chances after that. Um, he went full John Morant on that shit. But look, every time that Chandler Jones thinks he's like giving evidence to how he's being wronged. He makes himself look worse. Yeah. And at this point, there's only so many things you can look at and give him the benefit of the doubt, even though the evidence is pointing the other direction. And it's just been a lot of things that you're just like, and we talked about it before the show. I don't think anyone, any of the players are coming out like and defending him. They're just like, yeah, man, you know, it's in house and that's it. Like oh I we you know they're, they're they're hoping that he does well but they're like yeah man he's been treated unfairly or not, none of that's leaking out so when, it's- whenever whenever players are on their side and it's a tight locker room they'll say look he's a great guy he's my brother I stand by him but we're gonna keep it in house next question they're skipping the first part <laughs> they're they're just saying like even the most tight lipped guys will still kind of be like look he's my brother. You know, we hope it all works out, but, you know, we're going to keep it in-house. Now it's just, no, no comment. No comment, officer. Hands in pockets. Walking away, kicking rocks. Nothing to see here. At this, at this point, Chandler Jones should go, like, full-blown crazy. Like, he needs to take a video not, of himself, dude. like, put, like a, like, a clown hat on, riding a tricycle, like, eating mayonnaise out of a jar. Please don't I mean, do what like, an AB did and start jerking off in a public pool. Please, yeah, don't do that. I want things. I want things that'll be like in a like in a Tom and Jerry cartoon as opposed to like a snuff film that'll get you arrested. Like, just go all the way crazy at this point. That's probably your best way out of this. Looking for sympathy. I mean, honestly, that might not be a bad thing for him, for like it to be perfectly clear to everybody involved or even people who aren't involved that yes, he's got an issue and he needs to be helped. And then maybe he'll get the help he needs. Because right now, I think he's fighting the fact, or he thinks he's fighting the notion that he needs help. The other way we can go with this is a little dark, but it's football, and that's winning's all that matters. If he does do something kind of crazy and illegal, remember he had that incident in 2016 where he was smoking spice and like went nuts at a police police department. Like maybe we get some of that fifty million dollars back. Maybe. If you think that that football hating pussy is going to give us an exemption, you're crazy. Maybe it's part of the contract too. Maybe. I don't know. I think that would have been exercised once he cussed cussed out and blackmailed the fucking head coach. I think that would have been exercised by now. Uh, We're an hour in already, so we'll save our Raiders Bills breakdown for later in the week. Another day. Another day. And those are always better anyway because then we can look at the uh, like the injury report on how it's looking because right now it's really hard to tell because like Devontae Adams didn't practice probably just uh, uh, 
better safe than sorry type of thing, mm-hmm. right? Jacoby Myers, he's in concussion protocol. What's going to happen there? Jimmy G ankle, that's probably just, you know, an abundance of caution. So we'll know that stuff later on. I'm also very curious on if the line moves. Minus 9.5. Bill's favorites. Yeah, I mean, I tweeted it out. We're getting a pissed off Bills team that let one slip away. They let freaking Zach Milf Hunter Wilson go in there. And uh a team that just money. lost to Zach Wilson is almost a 10 point favorite over a team that's one and zero. Trap game kind of feels like, you know, is that a, is that a bait? Is everyone baiting everyone? Can you have Hunter? a trap game coming off of a loss? I mean, if they're thinking like, all right, that's never gonna happen again. Short week. And still, even with that number, every single analyst at NFL Network picked the Bills. They're all pretty close, though. 28-24, 27-24. Not Gordon, 30-14. They all kind of kept it more or less close. These are the things I, I hold on to that I just briefly mentioned before the game. And if we lose, I never bring up again. But if we win, I like tattoo it on my forehead. Trapes around town. Nobody <laughs> believed in us. Ready to do some what up windbags? Sure, man. Let's do it. Chris Watek, 44-24. Soto. Doesn't care what I think. Soto, I wasn't impressed with any of our rookies. Wilson was slow off the ball. Mayor got a blocking penalty, did not have one target. Byron Young did not have any push up the middle, and the rest weren't even on the field enough to notice them. It's the first game, but damn! It's a long season. Let's go and play better against the Bills. Uh, well, Jacorian Bennett is a rookie, and I thought he played pretty well. Um, he had that one penalty. Uh, he got turned around once. Again, he's a rookie. He's going against receivers that are better than pretty much any receiver he went against in college. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a little bit of time for him to get comfortable there, but I think his tackling was really good. I think that was very encouraging. He's not he's not afraid to get his nose in there, and he, he put guys on the ground, so that's all. That's all positive. So I was, I was, I was pleasantly surprised with Jacorian Bennett's tackling. I know he was kind of a speedster, gets his hands on a lot of balls type of guy in college, but he showed that he's a he's a tough guy and he's willing to get guys on the ground. So one guy showed a little bit, showed a couple of mistakes, but I think it's fair to say, like, kind of everyone else was just invisible, like Wilson Young. Young, Matt Young Mayer. played a very, very, very poor game. He got kind pushed of, around kind of a lot. Yeah. yeah, he needs to. He needs to really step it up because he he was. I w- if I wanted to use the word disappointing, it was going to be to Byron Young. He played very very poorly. Of those three, Wilson, Mayer, and Young, which one do you think has the best chance of performing the soonest? I would say Mayer. I would say Mayer. I'm, I was I was I think Mayer could be better sooner, but I think Young is at a position of such desperation. Like I can see Josh McDaniel. Again, he's like, still got to perform, right man. He, he didn't show anything. Yeah. He didn't show a damn thing. He got pushed around, and yeah. uh, it's it's going to be a big problem against against these running teams, man. Yeah. But May, but you know, Young looked terrible. But Mayer had like big mistakes, like that penalty, didn't have a single target. And I can see them just moving on, like just letting Mayer develop and not incorporating him into the game plan. Byron Young is going to be part of he has no choice. There's no one else at the He's gonna play life. a lot. He's gonna, He's gonna to play. 
And he's the one that sink or swim. Mayor's mayor can be like, all right, we're just not going to game plan for you for a while until you get swimming. Uh, Michael Sire, Michael CYR, 3285. I totally get off reading donkey fan comments on their sites. It's sickening before the season starts and fans believe media assholes. I appreciate you um, censoring yourself using the two S of assholes, the uh, money signs. All signs, yeah. Yeah, well done. Then the payoff. It's 10 times better when it's Raider week for them. Try it without commenting. Their tears are delicious. I'd always kind of like. That's poetic. It is. It always baffles me when we'll be doing like a post game show and like Chiefs fans will flood into our comp, like Broncos fans. There's no such thing as a Charger fan, but like Chiefs fans and Broncos fans will just like show up and talk shit. It's like your team's post shows going on right now. What are you doing here? So it's always better to tell them to fuck off. It's, I don't know, man. I, I, for some weird reason, a lot of, uh, a lot of Bronco tweets have been showing up on my timeline, and um, worse than a virus. Yeah, and they're they're like super hanging on to like the two hits. Like, oh, uh, they, they're blaming Jacoby Myers for getting knocked out, like his foot slipped, and that's why he got hit in the head. And don't worry about Kareem Jackson like lowering his head into him. Uh, that's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that Jimmy G didn't get hit in the head; that it was a, he faked it. You're going to get a lot of sympathy from Raider fans for um, refs not calling shit. Yeah, right. That's going to happen. Dutch Master 707. I know Soto has smashed his fair share of drunk white chicks in his time. This is our uh, response to this photo. This was at your wedding. Happy birthday, Soto. This is the photo I posted for your birthday. And for those on the pod and not watching, this is at your wedding. Me and my then girlfriend, now wife, giving you a hug. Our Muay Thai coach and his wife on the other side. So you're surrounded by two very attractive men and two very attractive women. It's true. Looking like you're having the time of your life. Yeah, that was a good time. I'm telling you, man, look, the, the marriage wasn't great, but that reception was fucking amazing. <laughs> so uh, the, the story there was, so I was, I was sitting at the same table as, as Frankie. And um, he's not a huge drinker, but like, you know, Mexican yeah. wedding. Oh, we're that we're getting hammered, right? So I, I give him one last. She's like, no, no, no. He kept fighting it. And he's like kind of on the verge. I'm like, take one more shot with me. He's like, okay, he takes it. Boom, he's done. We found out three months later she's pregnant. And that she goes guy, to me, bro. he's like, RJ, it was that last shot. <laughs> that last shot put him over. He called me up once he found out that he dude, he's like, hey, man, you it owe me some wedding. money. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, your fucking reception it got me a kid. And I'm like, hey, man. It's like in hockey when you can have two assists on a, on a goal. I feel like yeah, I feel like we have two assists. Both of us. Yeah, two assists. It's my it's my fault. It's my fault for giving you guys such delicious tequila. It was that reposado with with the with the uh, orange and the cinnamon. That's what did it. Yeah, man, that was the hangover the next day too. Oh, was so that orange sweet, and that, that so orange, sweet. all that sugar. Oh, mix in a water. Mix in a water, Clifford. I never listen. Never couple, a couple of other comments on that photo at Raider 1961. Soto, happy birthday. Take it slow, buddy. I like how he's knows you so well. And top three entertainment. How old is this picture? That picture like is 11 years old from 2012. Old. I feel like we have an age today. I mean, I look very similar. One guy was another guy in the comments was like, I, I was trying to look for Soto because I couldn't. I was looking for a guy with a hat. <laughs> I didn't recognize you without your hat on. 
That would have been next level if you wore a Raider hat to your own wedding. Right. I mean, this is pre this is pre car accident, so I didn't have to wear glasses then. Mm. And I had a little That's bit party. gray in the beard now. I didn't have that gray back then. That was a hell of a party. That was a great right. party, man. That's it for us. Uh, again, we will uh, keep you abreast of the Chandler Jones situation, the Jacoby Myers concussion protocol, all the major storylines throughout the rest of the week. Definitely we'll do a Bills Raiders preview show this week as we get closer to this weekend. It's uh, it's regular season, baby. It is all it's football blind, all the time. Off to a great start. Number one in the AFC West, standing alone on top of the pyramid. And we got the Bills. I like how we're sitting. Like I like how a team that just played in Denver, that's playing in Buffalo, li- that lives in Vegas, is spending the week training in West Virginia. <laughs> it's smart, actually. You get get used to the times, the time schedule. Get used to the. But like, there's know. nothing closer to Buffalo where it's like similar weather, similar like because like for me. I'm not a professional football player, but one of the big things for me is like, if it's a dry climate, wet climate, humid, arid, that's a big difference for me. I'm thinking West it's Virginia pretty humid in West Virginia right now. I think yeah, it's like, pretty humid over there. Is Buffalo places. pretty, is Buffalo the same? Thing? Yeah, it's, it's, maybe I'm overthinking it. Gets it gets colder faster over there because it's so north. It's, it's, it's like, it's like from Long Beach to Orange County that's there in Canada. It's like right there. That's my point is like the air has got to be different. It's still humid as fuck right now over there. The whole, the whole east, east coast. It's just weird to me. I get it. You're on the east coast, but you're so far. Whatever. If we get the W, it's not going to matter. Until then, not going to whatever you're with me.